an ex-vicar in, um, in Cambridge uh, used to teach at one of the colleges there. And um, apparently when he moved into the office that he was given in the college, um, he had a look around and he thought, oh gosh, this place needs a bit of work. There's this a terrible pale green um, bookcase and this old brown rug. Um, and um, so, uh, you know, he was able to, to get a bit of work done, he was able to get the bookcase removed, but he couldn't uh, get rid of the rug. However many times he asked them to do something about it, they kept saying no. And so um, one day, um, he, he came across the previous uh, occupant of the office, um, and uh, he asked, you know, what is it with this old brown rug? Why won't they let me take it away? And he said, oh, well, for one thing, uh, that rug belonged to C.S. Lewis, uh, the, great, the great writer uh, C.S. Lewis. And not only that, um, but, but it, it was also an ancient and unique Persian rug, uh, which um, turned out was later valued at hundreds of thousands of pounds. He wanted to dump it in a skip. Um, uh, children, in case you're wondering what a Persian rug is, there's a picture of one in, in your clipboards. Um, you, might, you might think there's uh, no reason anyone would want one of those. Um, but... He just, this guy, just hadn't understood the value of what was there under his feet. And now today's passage from the Bible gives uh, Christians a wonderful warning. And this is what it is. Get what you've got, or you'll lose it. Get what you've got, or you'll lose it. Now if you're here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian then I think this will be a really valuable thing for you to listen into as well. Um, it, it, I hope that today will show you why it might be worth becoming one, uh, why it might be worth becoming a Christian, to, to, that we'll see what you could get if you did. Um, now, um, maybe it's a little bit like that. That vicar didn't get what he got in the rug, but imagine he did manage to throw it out into the skip, or he was getting rid of it for free, and he offered it to you, and you knew what it was. Uh, then maybe you'd take this, um, this little thing worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. But um, it's surprisingly easy for Christians to not get what they've got. It's easy to, to kind of get disappointed with the lack of um, uh, progress and, and change in our lives. Uh, when when we're, we're trying hard to get better and, and nothing much is happening. It's easy to get disappointed and think the gospel isn't really doing very much. It's easy to get disappointed with the lack of kind of excitement. You know what I mean? Uh, the lack of um, impact in our, in our evangelism or our ministry. And to think that the gospel isn't really working. It's easy to get disappointed with the lack of um, intimacy with God. He feels so distant. Lack of perhaps emotional connection. There's something separating from us. And I think there must be another way to get to him than the gospel to experience relationship with him. And I think if any of us are feeling like we're never tempted by those things, we're kidding ourselves. But here's what the Spirit says to us today. Seek those things, and indeed anything else, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, not in other places. In other words, look to what you've got right here rather than trying to get other things from inside us, perhaps, or, or, or from uh, elsewhere. Because in the gospel of Jesus Christ, there are such treasures. Jesus is where you can find treasure. 
Now, um, I realise as I'm saying this, by introduction uh, to, to the sermon, you might be thinking, oh, okay, yes, all right, I, I've heard this before, I have the, the gospel, and so it'll be tempting to switch off. Uh, please don't. If, if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a long time, you have the gospel, please don't switch off as I'm talking about this, because whatever you might think, there is so much more to experience, so much more growth to achieve, so much more impact to have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, if, if we think that, okay, we've got the gospel, we, we know that Jesus died in our place to forgive our sins, and, and that's that. Well, I think you're missing something. There's so much more to have. So much more than just a bit more inspiration to, to, to do good in our lives from a sermon. Or, or, or um, than a, a bit more knowledge to answer our questions or other people's questions. There's so much more. Because the gospel, although it's simple, is immeasurably deep and rich. There's so much to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's as we drill down into the same gospel that we find treasures that, that we never imagined could exist. We find the potential for, for life change that we didn't think was possible, and so on. Now, I think you can see that that's what's Paul say, what, what Paul's saying. Um, if, you, if you have a look down uh, at verses 6 and 7 on page 1183, um, open it up if you've close, closed it. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. In other words, Christian progress means more of the same, or perhaps comes from more of the same. The way to make progress in the Christian life is the same as the way that someone first begins the Christian life. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live. Drill down deeper into the same gospel message. If you haven't yet become a Christian, this is the way to become a Christian. The gospel message of Jesus Christ. Understand it, believe it, and obey it. Just as you received. And how did you receive uh, Jesus as Lord if you are a Christian? It's that, isn't it? You heard the message. You believed what it, what it was. And so you, you submitted to what it says. You repented. Turned away from, from the old life. And, and were willing to, to let Jesus be the boss. Uh, Jesus as Lord, notice. Perhaps we'd be tempted to say, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Saviour. Which is true, wonderfully. Any, every Christian has received Jesus Christ as Saviour. But Paul wants to remind us that, that the Christian life means having Jesus as Lord, the boss, the king, the one who gets to tell us what, what's what in our lives. Bowing the knee, surrendering ourselves to him, giving up on trying to do things our way. And it's that that, that, that um, is the beginning of the Christian life. Um, giving up and saying, okay, Jesus, you, you get to be in charge of me. And it's that that enables us to make progress in the Christian life. That's what, how we continue, day by day, to say, okay, Jesus, I'll give up again at being in charge. You tell me what to do. And listen to what he says in the Bible. Do you see? It's the same... The way on is the same as the way in. Uh, repenting day by day, uh, believing, trusting 
what Jesus says. And so, verse 7, will be rooted and built up in him. Here's where our roots are. The picture of a, of a tree or something like that, isn't it? It, 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 it? A tree can grow really big and high and great if its roots go deep down into the soil in which it's planted. Drill down deeper. It doesn't get, you know, think, oh, I need to get bigger, then I'll, I'll go over there and maybe then I'll go bigger. No, it, it just gets deeper and bigger. And, and so um, that word, by the way, the, the, um, uh, be rooted, that actually um, was used as well for when they were putting foundations down as a, as a kind of a way of talking about when they put foundations for a building. Um, and so uh, Paul says, be rooted. Having sunk your foundations in Jesus, so be built up in him. Again, you don't put foundations and then go and build somewhere else. That wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't, the building would topple over. The foundations would be wasted. No, the foundations are in Jesus Christ. And so build up in him. Stay there. That's how you can get big and strong as a Christian. And in case uh, we haven't quite caught his dress, he, he says it again in a different way in verse 7. Uh, Root and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Again, it's, it's the same as you were taught before, so be strengthened in this same faith. The faith meaning the truth, Christian truth, as you find it in the Bible. Uh, just the way you were first taught about Jesus, so get clear and established and strong in your understanding of what the Bible teaches us and what the gospel is and what its implications for, for our lives are. That, by the way, is why, as a church, we're so keen to um, make uh, the, the reading and preaching of the Bible the core part of what we do as we gather together on a Sunday morning. It's why we don't just have uh, five or ten minutes for a kind of inspirational, heartwarming message, but we try and grapple with what the text of the Bible really says, what God really wants to teach us, what the gospel means for us today. And it's why we put on joining the dots each week before church at 9.15 till 10 o'clock. I know it's an early morning for some, but we think it's worth it because this is so valuable to, to be strengthened in our faith, to, to fill in the gaps that there exist in our understanding. Uh, join the dots. Uh, strengthen our, our um, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Drilling down deeper means understanding the riches of the gospel more fully what it means for Jesus to die on the cross what it means uh, for me how, how to relate that to, to my everyday life how to relate the way I do DIY to the gospel how, how to relate the, the relationships I've got with other people to the Lord Jesus Christ a, a simplistic gospel is actually utterly dissatisfying it makes us uh, less content. The biblical gospel of Jesus Christ is deep enough to keep finding treasures every day. And uh, the last little bit of that, that verse is, is, is a beautiful picture of what um, the Christian life can look like when we do that. And strengthen the faith as you are taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Whether you're a Christian or not, don't you want 
to be that kind of a person, overflowing with thankfulness. Don't you love it when someone is a little bit like that? When they're just bringing, brimming with gratitude. Well, the, 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 um, the idea of overflowing makes you think of, of like a, a spring of water and bursting out. So much water in it that it, it doesn't just uh, fill itself, but it wells out and comes out. And what's overflowing for the Christian is, is, is thankfulness or gratitude when they get this, when they get the depths and the riches of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the more deeply we understand the gospel, the more we'll see how undeserving we were and how kind God has been to us and the, the, the future that we've got in store for us. And all those things will make us just overflow. Gratitude will reshape our hearts and our uh, words and our actions. So uh, Christian growth then is about more of the same, more of the same gospel of Jesus Christ, drilling down deeper into that. And so our second point is very brief. Uh, that's why there's not much space for it in your, uh, in your word sheets. And it's very stark. Uh, verse 8 warns us, because Christian progress is always about more of the same, don't get taken away. Don't get kidnapped. Don't get taken captive. Um, put in prison, uh, shackled. See to it, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. You can be taken captive, is the obvious implication, right? You and me, we could be captivated by something else, kidnapped, away from Jesus. And so we need to take responsibility for not being. See to it that no one takes you. You might be thinking, okay, that's why we've got Johnny to just tell us what's what. Well, no, that's not good enough. You're responsible for yourself. You're not going to be able to blame me on that last day when Jesus comes back. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Make sure that, that what you're captivated by is the gospel. Not some dispute, not some other source of excitement or joy, not some other source of truth. We need to see to it that no one takes us captive. And it's a, it's a real job because other ideas are enticing to us and, and attractive. But they're hollow and deceptive. Do you notice that? Hollow. You know, something that looks good on the outside, but there's nothing inside. You know, some shoddy builder has made a wall that's meant to be solid, and actually it's hollow. That's, that's a disaster, you know. And so with, um, with ideas, they can seem like they're, that's where the substance is, that's where there's real fullness. But no, they're hollow and deceptive. You know, they don't do what they say they're going to do. You know, this other way of, of making, uh, of being a Christian seems like it's going to lead to all these good things, you know, excitement or, or success or, or whatever it is. So we hear about the possibility perhaps of a, a second baptism 
distinct from your first baptism, a second baptism in the Spirit. Or, or we, we hear of a, a new higher life that, that we could access. Or we hear of um, uh, the, the, the sense of peace that you could have when um, uh, you go to a Roman Catholic Mass and, and the priest uh, absolves you. Or, or we hear about new techniques and rules and tips and, and tricks about living holier lives. Now, different ones of us will be tempted by different ones of those. But the reason that we're tempted is because we're tempted to give up on plugging away with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we want something else which is more than what we've experienced so far. But the warning here is that things which aren't Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, will be hollow and deceptive. They won't deliver. And worse than that, they'll take us away from Jesus. They'll take us captive. And the reason for that is is there in the verse. It depends on human tradition. Uh, That is, it's not from uh, Jesus, who has life in himself. It's from a human being, from inside human beings. So it can't really do anything. It doesn't have life in itself. It can't bring us good things. And so if those, um, those sorts of things get a hold on us, they'll take us away from Christ and turn us within, inside us, looking inside ourselves. You know, do I, do I really have this thing? Or do, what do I need to, to do to get more, more excitement, success, joy, whatever? Instead of looking outward towards the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done and what he is doing. It's not to say they're without power. I think the implication of the, depending on the elemental spiritual forces of this world, is not denying that there'll be power there. There might even be um, seeming authority over demons. That might be what he's getting at, or sickness, or, or, or something miraculous. But it doesn't mean, he says, that they're from Jesus, or they're about Jesus. Because, well, because of what comes next, because of verses 9 to 15, and this is our last point. This is the crux of it all. If we understand this, then we'll understand uh, the gospel. We'll get the gospel. We'll, we'll see that we never want to leave it uh, for anything else at all. Uh, this is the, the third point. Because in Jesus, you've already got it all. You've already got everything. So verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. So children, this is in the back page of your uh, booklets, and there are some things for you to fill in. Um, in Jesus, in Christ, uh, we have fullness. Fullness is such a big idea in this letter, because of this desire to, to want everything we can have, we, everything we can experience in this life. And um, the Colossians didn't want to miss out on anything, and others were saying, if you want to fully experience the power of God, if you want the full measure of the Spirit, you need to do this, or you need to do that. And Paul wants to say, there is fullness already in Christ. You have him, so you have fullness. None of God is missing in Christ. There's no life or power or wisdom missing if you have Christ. Everything that you could possibly want is in Jesus. And all you have Jesus is by the gospel given to us in the Bible. If you're a Christian, you've already got it all. The way that Paul describes that here, as actually um, uh, lots of the New Testament does, thank you, Carl, um, uh, is by talking about Christians as in Christ. 
It's right there at the beginning of our passage, actually, back in verse 6. Uh, so then, just to receive Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. It's an odd way of speaking, isn't it? In Jesus. I keep saying it throughout. I, I know it's a, it's a funny way of speaking. It's such a wonderful idea, though. When someone believes the gospel uh, and asks Jesus to be their Lord and their Saviour, the Bible says that person is in Christ. That's their location. Uh, that's what they're contained in. Um, can I have a volunteer? Are you a volunteer? Would you like to be a volunteer? Yeah? Okay, come here. I want you to hold this piece of paper. I want you to hold it tight in your hand, okay? I'm going to hold it up to you. Can you hold that inside your hand? So, really tight in your hand. So, that piece of paper is in Carl's hand. Now, Carl, can you run over to that side of the room, please? Now, that piece of paper has gone to that side of the room because it's in Carl's hand. Carl's hand has gone to that side. Now, Carl, can you run over to that side of the room, please? Well done. Now, that piece of paper, where is it? It's on that side of the room because it's in Carl's hand. Thank you, Carl. That was very good. Go and sit down. Round of Carl. Thank you. Um, so, um, uh, being in Christ means that we are with wherever Christ is. What happens to Christ happens to us. Uh, that's, that's the implication, isn't it? Uh, whatever happens to him happens to us. And um, uh, before or unless that happens, the alternative is there in um, verse 13. Did you notice that? When you were dead, in your sins. That's the alternative, being in sin. In sins. And, and, and that means what happens to sin is happens to us. Um, but then, uh, if someone is in Christ, uh, that they're... they're that's a totally different thing, isn't it? They're, they're, they're no longer in sin, they're in Christ. Those are the two options. And verse um, uh, 12, or verse 11, describes what happens. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So if you're in Christ, when Christ was buried, when he, when he was killed on the cross and he was buried, and you went with him, all your sin was got rid of, was punished already. And when he was raised for a new life, a new glorious and powerful life, you were raised as well with him, because you were in him. Does that make sense? That being in Christ is such a wonderful and powerful idea. And it's, um, it's so totally different to being in sin. You see, sin is, is like um, a burden. It's like, well, the, 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 the image for us here is, is, a, is a, a, a charge of legal indebtedness, like a rap sheet. You know, the, the, the list of things, the list of crimes in a courtroom of which you stand charged, which, which stands over us. Imagine if you've, you've committed loads of crimes, it's going to mean, you know, life imprisonment. And, and that, that charge sheet, that list of things that you've done, stands over you and it's like a weight on your shoulders. But then someone who is in Christ, what's happened is that charge sheet is taken and nailed to the cross. Do you see that? Verse uh, uh, 14, verse 13. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. 
He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now actually, sin, all the things that we've done wrong, is the heart of everything that's wrong with the world, let alone with each of us. And so for anyone who's in Christ, that is wonderful news. That Jesus has taken that charging, all of that, all of the, the record of all the sins that you've done or will do, and he's taken it and nailed it to the cross, as he was nailed to the cross. Because we, and our sin, were, were in him when he was destroyed, when he was punished. All that sin, already punished. So in a courtroom, when, when, when the sentence is served, there's nothing left to say. There's no burden left to bear. No punishment to be meted out. You see? Being in Christ means sins dealt with. Sins forgiven. Sins destroyed. And more than that, verse 15, the, um, the powers and authorities, I think that's talking about the evil, the devil, the demons, that kind of thing, um, they are disarmed, verse 15, having disarmed the, the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The weapon that they held was that charge sheet, all of your sin, that, that's what the devil can do, he can accuse you of doing things so that God will punish you. For the Christian... He doesn't have that weapon. It's got nothing. It's got nothing on you. And that means you're free. If you have the gospel, you're free. You're free to live a new life. You're free to, to do what is good. You're not trapped by the things that you've done in the past. You're not trapped to do those same things again in the future. You're empowered. Because Jesus has publicly put to shame any of the, the devil's lies, uh, any of those lies that tell us we, we, we can't avoid doing those wrong things. And so do you, do you see what that means? Everything, everything that's wrong with us, everything that's wrong with the world, the solution is in Jesus. And so for the person in Jesus, they have everything they could possibly want. Fullness. Sin fully forgiven. Freedom, freedom. So why would you go anywhere else? And we experience those things. The joy of forgiveness, the gratitude that that wells in up, up in us. The power of freedom, living under Jesus as Lord, by drilling down deeper in, into the gospel. If you've, um, if you've received Jesus as your Saviour and your Lord, do you get what we've got in him? There's nothing else we could possibly want. If you don't get it, then you'll want to add other things. Now let me just go and grab this flip chart. Um, we, we have this... Don't walk in front of speakers when you're wearing the microphone. Um, here we go. You see that? Jesus plus anything, what does that equal? Nothing. Nothing. You see, if we don't think that there's enough in Jesus, enough power, enough um, transformation, we seek a, you know, a, a new spiritual blessing, a new way of doing things, what we'll do is we'll be taken captive, we'll leave Jesus behind, and so we'll get nothing. So to get everything, what do we need? Jesus plus... Nothing. Nothing. Thank you, Carl. Exactly. Jesus plus nothing is everything. Because in him, there is fullness. 
Nowhere else do we need to, to go to supplement. In fact, nowhere else can we go. If we try, we'll leave Jesus behind and we'll get nothing. Do you see? The Christian has every reason. Sorry, Carl. Um, the Christian has every reason to be full of thanksgiving, to be overflowing. The Christian has every opportunity to be strengthened and, 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 and grow in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we drill down into the depths of the gospel, I promise you we will find treasure. We'll find new treasure. If we go elsewhere and seek of treasure, we'll lose what we've got. I hope that makes you want to, um, to drill down deeper into the gospel. We, we, we will find out more about what that looks like um, as we go forward. First, and next week, we're going to see what that doesn't look like, what, what could take us captive. Uh, but for now, uh, why don't I pray that, that we would be excited and ambitious about what we can find in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we're going to sing a couple of songs that help us uh, to do that. So let me lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that in Jesus Christ, There is fullness, fullness of everything we could ever want. Thank you that in him we can be transformed, that in him we have total forgiveness for everything that's happened, for everything that we will do. And thank you that in him we find you. Please help us this week to seek him with all our hearts. In his name we pray. Amen.